0: and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life.
1: This is my Bible. This is my Bible. It, is it is the Word of God. And it is the will of God, of God. for my life. For my life. I, am I, am. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. Seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power, I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated if you have a Bible. We're launching out of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6. We're in this series on the truth about money. I felt prompted by the Lord to teach on money, the truth about money in 2020. That was in December of 2019. Little did I know that America would be entering a medical fascist police state in 2020, and we would need to be extra blessed by the Lord financially. Well, we just stayed with the Word. I said, we just stayed with the Word. Amen. Amen. And we didn't go to hiding in the cave. We just stayed with the Word, and the Word's been working. Amen. Amen. So the message this morning, seven things Satan doesn't want you to know about money. Seven things Satan doesn't want you to know about money. Our two launching texts are Matthew 6:21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I learned from Lester Summerall that if a man's not right with his money, that man's not right. And also he told me as a pastor, someone serving as a pastor, if you don't have a man's money, you don't have that man's heart. The purpose of our prosperity is to be a blessing. A lot of Christians have never been blessed because they never got their heart right. God couldn't trust them with money. The purpose of prosperity for the believer is to be a blessing. And Satan doesn't want us to be a blessing, so of course he doesn't want us to prosper and pull ahead. Out of the New Testament, we've been in this passage. In fact, we were in this passage some last Sunday. It's not a repeat of last Sunday, entirely different message, but we're in 2 Corinthians 9 number one if you're taking notes the apostle paul arranged offerings apostle the apostle paul arranged offerings second corinthians 9 there is no need for me to write to you about this service to the saints for i know your eagerness to help and i've been boasting about it to the macedonians telling them that since the last year that since last year you and acai were ready to give and your enthusiasm Everybody say enthusiasm And your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. Now this is fascinating because Paul is talking about enthusiasm and Paul is talking about stirring other believers to action. Verse 3, but I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready as I said you would be. And actually this is where we get our Mandate for preparing God's people for offerings. I know it's hard to believe this church has matured so much, but in the mid-90s, we were using challenge offerings to pay off our first facility up at I-30 in Fielder Road. And uh, I believe it was August of, two, August of 2016, we paid that facility off. We had a tailgate party celebration. You know, like we're going to do in January, bring your motorcycles, bring your pickups, bring your convertibles. And uh, the only difference is we didn't have to pray for good weather like we do now. And uh, we had a celebration. Well, the very next challenge offering, I, I turned all of those faith guns on knocking out that gift to missionary Bud Sickler. And people were, you know, criticizing that I was raising money to give away. If I was raising money to pay off the building where we met every Sunday, nobody had a problem with that, but they were criticizing raising money to give away, which is utter madness to anybody that knows anything about the New Testament because we're not just supposed to be mindful of ourselves, we're supposed to be mindful of the lost and those without Christ around the world. So he says, I'm sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow but that you may be ready. So this is why we have the whole idea of letting you know about an offering so you're ready, that you may be ready as I said you would be for if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary, see he's not leaving anything to chance, so I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance. To finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. So, this proves that Paul planned and arranged special offerings. Then it will be ready as a generous gift. Everybody say, a generous gift, generous gift. not as one grudgingly given. Say, not as, grudgingly given. not as one grudgingly given. Number two, and these are seven truths about money Satan doesn't want you to know. Number two, you get to determine the size of your own harvest. You get to determine the size of your own harvest. Verse 6, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, I'm old enough to remember when back in the 60s they were talking about equality of opportunity. And I believe in that. I do. I believe in that. I believe that when people apply for college or When people apply for a job, I believe in that. I believe that uh, it shouldn't matter whether somebody is a male or female or whether they were uh, born in the United States or born somewhere else. I think language skills can come into play. But, I mean, just as a matter of where somebody's born, I mean, I, I believe it should be equal opportunity. But, see, they're changing the narrative now that they've achieved equal opportunity, and now what they're wanting is equal results. Well, that just can't happen. I'm not, e- I'm not even equal to myself Monday versus Tuesday. Right. <laughs> and everybody here, can we, we could stay here until New Year's and let people have the microphone, and you could talk about siblings or cousins. See, the same gene pool, siblings or cousins, who vastly outperformed you or vastly underperformed you. Am I right? Yeah. So the whole concept of equal outcomes is completely ridiculous. It do- forget about not passing common se- the common sense barrier. It doesn't pass the BS barrier. I'm not not equal to myself one day to the next or one week to the next. So how could somebody else be equal in results if they didn't put in the time, they didn't put in the effort, they don't show up at work on time, uh, they don't stay in school? I mean, the whole concept is completely ludicrous. And except for the famous black sociologist, Economist, there's another one, Walter Williams, also black. They point out that you actually are sabotaging people with all of these programs to help them because the exact skills they need to pull ahead in life are dampened because of all the special treatment. Do you understand? You know, when I was a kid, there were winners and losers. You know, when, when I played basketball or when I ran track or it's hard to believe, isn't it? When, uh, when, when, I, uh, when I was in wrestling, in other words, there were winners and losers. There was no such thing as a participation trophy. So in my day, we learned skills. We learned skills to, to prevail, to win, to overcome. So all of these programs designed and now the churches are into this theologically. All sin is the same. This is stupid. If you've been teaching that all you preachers sitting home in your jammies because you're too lazy to hold church. You'll go to hell for this. Smoking a cigarette is not equal to kidnapping. The whole idea that all sin is the same is code for that alternate lifestyle. I mean, having a beer cannot be equated to murder. All sin is not the same. Thinking about adultery and committing adultery are not the same sin. Now, Jesus taught that we want to eradicate all of it, not yield to any of it. But if you don't think there's a difference between thinking about adultery and committing adultery, you never got caught committing adultery because your wife will explain it to you. (laughs) And a judge will explain it to you so but what it that theologically is this do-gooderism liberation theology which is just the jesuit theological version of communism marxism and that is that everybody ought to have equal results and so this is in the churches and that we're all going to have a mcmansion in heaven and and you're going to live next to oral roberts and billy graham And you're going to have the exact same kind of uh, mansion that Billy Graham and Oral Roberts have. And uh, it's all going to be even Stephen because God is actually, in reality, Bernie Sanders in the sky. (laughs) It's total nonsense. Because Jesus himself taught that we would be rewarded for the deeds done in the body. So you, point to your neighbor, tell them, you, you. determine the size of your harvest. <laughs> Amen. Now, I have an advantage a lot of you don't have, and I'm really taking my time here because this is a short message in my notes. I really have an advantage a lot of you don't have because in my mother's, my, my, my mother's parents had 17 children. So that, to me, is a great sociological study Because you're talking about the same environment. You're talking about the exact same gene pool. But there were dramatically different results. I had two uncles that were drunks. Never had anything. One was shot dead. One died in an automobile accident. Okay. Among their brothers. One of them. One, uh, the, the, one of my favorite uncles Kenzel, was his name and I liked him because he didn't have anything to do because he was wealthy and whenever I had a 22 or a BB gun get jammed up and need some help well Kenzel would come over to my grandpa's place and help me with that the place where he lived recently came up for sale in Cleveland Tennessee oh my gosh you can't believe what a place oh my gosh what a place well, he was an inventor and but he was blue collar he would go to work at a factory and he would work there a while he was in management working there a while and then he would see well something could be done better something could be done more efficient a, a machine needs to be invented to do this here and he would invent it patent it and then he would tell the company how to put it together and build it he got he got rich off this i had another uncle actually my favorite uncle he never had a white-collar job. All these, all these were high school graduates, so I'm talking about a sociological comparison, same gene pool, same environment. I had another uncle, never had a white-collar job in his life, rose through the ranks of Chrysler to plant manager. and uh, But that, that's not enough money. You understand, that's not really enough money to become wealthy. But his whole life, he tithed, he was so... Uh, Missouri Synod Lutheran, tithe his whole life, and set aside 10% of his savings his whole life and invested. And he was, he was a millionaire. I had another uncle, he's the last one living, he's a millionaire. Same thing. He he was a farmer, but he invested in, for example, a carpet mill in Dalton, Georgia. He would invest in this, invest in that along the way. And he still lives on my grandpa's farm. He's a millionaire. So nobody's going to come along and convince me that decisions don't matter. Nobody's going to come along and convince me that actions don't matter. Actions and decisions are what make your life. Tell your neighbor, actions and decisions decisions are what make your life. life. And, And we can get caught up in some bad stuff. When Sue and I were juniors in high school, kids would cut class and go over to the mall across the street it wasn't really across the street but it was kind of down the road and across the street and one day we heard about some kids got arrested over there by a truant officer and because they were out of school and they were playing hooky the officer had probable cause looked through the car found marijuana in the glove box they all went down on a drug charge seniors we were juniors all went down on a drug charge and then the sad part is, at least two or three of those kids from our high school claimed they didn't know there were drugs in the car, and they might not have. But see, one decision. Let's go, play, let's go play hooky. Or how about this? Let's go play hooky with a fool. Or how about this? Let's go play hooky with a drug user. See, in other words, you don't even have to make, you don't even have to do it yourself. You can just to make a decision to hang out with a fool. And it can wreck your future because I'm sure that those arrest records hindered those kids later on in their life. If they wanted to go to college or if they wanted to join the military or whatever, those arrest records would have been a hindrance. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Say it again. Actions and decisions, actions and decisions make, a life. make a life. I mean, there's a difference between thinking about getting up and going to work tomorrow versus getting up and going to work tomorrow. Yeah. Am I right? Yes. There's a difference between thinking about being faithful to your wife versus being faithful to your wife. That's right. Actions and decisions make your life. So you're in charge of your harvest. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 in verse 6, he says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Now, See, this gift that came in yesterday, somebody would say, oh, they just gave that because, you know, they're well off. Well, I have the perspective you don't have because I remember when they had nothing. see we always have things backwards they they were not able to give because they had money they have money because they were willing to give and then doing that shows a sensitivity to the holy spirit of god that a lot of god's people don't have I mean, you could be here this morning and the Lord say, do this, do that, give this. And you you could say to the Lord, yeah, but I I already tithed and I already gave in the fall challenge offering. See, in other words, that's resistance. And the problem is that when God is looking to and fro throughout the earth, seeking whom he may bless, he, he has got to go with willing hearts. He cannot go with unwilling hearts. And then when God is looking to and fro across the earth for somebody who will obey him and give the money he wants given to a, a ministry or the gospel or whatever project he has in mind. He's got to go with the willing. He can't go with the unwilling. Number three, your giving won't work without joy. Seven things Satan doesn't want you to know about money. Your giving. Why, why is it people come to me and they say, Pastor, I, I was taught to tithe. I tithe my whole life, but tithing never had any impact until I got to Faith Christian Center. Well, one of the reasons is we teach you to give, not grudgingly, we teach you to give with joy. Number three, your giving won't work without joy. See, you can obey like my daughter used to. Go clean your room. Stomp, 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 stomp. And then upstairs, because upstairs, you could hear upstairs, downstairs, stomp, 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 you know, cleaning her room, stomp, stomp, stomp. Well, I was not really inclined to be that big a blessing. Austin wasn't a stomper, he rebelled quietly. But Christina, I mean, she'd let you know, man, she was not happy. And now God's blessed her with one of those. (laughs) You got to watch what you sow. (laughs) Amen. So your giving will not work without joy. Verse seven, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, sometimes the Lord says some alarming things to me. This morning he took me to, I have not seen nor ear heard what God will do for those, what God has prepared for those who love him. Not for those who confess Jesus. Not for those who walk denial. I have not seen nor ear heard nor have the mind of man comprehended what God will do for those who what? Love him. And I think there's a lot of people counting on some event in their life when they walked an aisle or pray to prayer, but they don't love the Lord. They don't, they don't love the Lord. And Paul says, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluct- reluctantly under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver cheerful because we love the lord now we know harvest is coming but we love the lord number four god will supply and increase your store of seed to give now we often say it this way at faith christian center you can't go backwards giving to god that's true but something maybe we have not emphasized enough at faith christian center is that god will increase your store of seed With all the giving we're doing, frankly, I'm shocked how the store of seed keeps growing. I mean, you know, we've done some big giving, but forget about going backwards. The store of seed keeps growing. God sees to it that while we have his work, his house, and his mission at the forefront of our thinking and at the forefront of our financial plan, that our store of seed keeps growing. Now, if you, if you don't understand this, you need to get biographies and books about J.C. Penney, R.G. Letourneau, and Sir John Templeton. How, do, how, does a, how does a boy born in Tennessee become one of the richest people in the world, John Templeton? He wrote in the New York Times once in an op-ed, he said, the more money we give away, the more money we have left over. Both J.C. Penney and R.G. Letourneau started out Tithing, and then they had a goal of making so much money, they lived on 10% and gave God 90%. Anybody here tired of taxes? I got my hand up. Anybody here tired of taxes? Well, there's one way to not pay taxes, and that's give more to God. Number four, God will supply... Up. That's it. God will supply and increase your store of seed to give. That's where we were, verses 8 to 10. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the eater will also supply and increase your store of seed. Say it out loud. God will also also supply supply and increase... my store of seed seed. and then we'll enlarge the harvest of your righteousness so God is able God is able, God is able, God is able oh my goodness you know two things about this, I thought I knew the power of fear, somebody had asked me a year ago today, pastor do you understand the power of fear? I would have said absolutely, but now looking back on it, I don't think I had any idea of the power of fear it's amazing it's totally amazing our founding fathers would be so ashamed of this generation they lived through and fought a revolutionary war during a pandemic of smallpox that killed one third of the population one third Even with all the inflated numbers, COVID has killed 0.04% of the population. 0.04% of the population. Here in Texas, we still, with all the overcounting, we're still at less than half the deaths from the 2017-2018 flu season, and. We, we let them take our Constitution, our Bill of Rights. In, in many, many, many states, churches are still not meeting. It's amazing. Fear. But that's why God's people haven't obeyed him on money. Because they don't believe he's able. Or they don't believe he's a truth teller. My gift is I'm simple. Now watch it now. Don't, don't be telling pastors simple-minded jokes. I didn't say I was simple-minded. I said I'm simple. I just believe that God is who he says he is. I believe that he's intelligent enough to have his prophets of old write down what he meant and, and that he meant what he said. Amen. That's how simple I am. Amen. So I didn't go to school long enough to get stupid. So I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. And if he says he's able, he's able. If he says he's willing, he's willing. All right? But then even if I can go that far down the road, I can't yield to fear. (laughs) I mean, think about it. We're in the middle of this year. We had barely come out of the lockdown. We had barely started meeting again. We were we were 20% off attendance from 2019, and the Lord spoke to me to send the Bible School $100,000. And on a number that big, you know, I'm not going to do that on my own. So we had to make sure that corporate directors were all in agreement with that. And then we sent it with, without delay. We sent it without delay. We sent it without delay. And before the month of June was over. A $100,000 gift marched right back in the door to cover the $100,000 gift we had sent. But see, a lot of God's people can't make any progress because they got no guts. They just can't bring themselves to obey God. Now, we're not all going to arrive at the same place. I don't have enough time left to arrive at the John Tunpolton level. level. I don't have enough time left to arrive at the J.C. Penny level. I don't have enough time left to arrive at the R.G. Letourneau level. But I know this, God wants to take me to new levels. I know this, God wants to take you to new levels, but how can God take any of us to new levels if we're not willing? And how can God take any of us to new, to new levels if we just don't have the guts to pull the trigger? And how can God take us to new levels if we hold him to his instructions from yesterday? See, we have to be willing to take new action to go to a new level. If my my memory serves me, he had never before told us in one gift to give $100,000 before. That was brand new, had never been done. If my memory serves me correctly. So... You have to be able to hear him at a new level. You have to be able to heed him at a new level. You have to be able to obey him at a new level to go to a new level. But behind all of that, we have to believe in our hearts, believe in our hearts that he's able. And get the fear out of our hearts. I was walking to prayer. I was walking to the building Friday at prayer And I said to John Jordan, the usher, I said, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I said, 2020 is my favorite year (laughs) because it was in 2020 that I really came to believe that God can supply all of my needs, no matter what crazy thing is going on. I don't really. I don't. I'm a faith guy, and I don't know that I really believe that until this year. But I'm telling you, to this morning, it doesn't matter. I don't care if aliens land on Monday, communist China invades on Tuesday, and Ebola shows up in Dallas on Wednesday. Our God protects us. Our God blesses us. And our God prospers us. Somebody shout glory glory to God. I mean, really? I mean, in Elijah's day, they were eating their children in Samaria because there was no food need, and the man of God was reclining in his living room at ease. I come down here, and I feel like I'm a king in his courts reclining at ease while they're eating their children out there. What do you mean they're eating their children? They're eating their children out there because their children are getting dumber, dumber, dumber because they're not in school and they're stealing the inheritance of their children. All this, all this bailout money, trillions and trillions and trillions. Their children's 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 children won't be able to pay it off. They're eating their children. But in here, oh my gosh, we're at ease. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we look up we're we're not idolaters, we're not looking for some man to save us, we look up and our God protects us, and our God blesses us and our God prospers us and because we're doers of the word, we got the word of God on it he will bless our seed for 1,000 generations that's a long way down the road 1,000 generations, hallelujah hallelujah but you can't have any fear in your heart. I mean, you can, but you can't go to these levels, these higher levels, with fear in your heart. Number five, sowing and reaping will not hurt your righteousness level. Number five, sowing and reaping will not hurt your righteousness level. Verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. That's a lie of Satan. Well, you don't want to get too blessed because you know you'll backslide. The hell you say. I've never been richer. Ask that woman over there. She'll tell you. Now, I'm not perfect, but I've, I've, I've never been richer, but I'll tell you this. I've never been closer to God. There's never been a day before this day that I was closer to God that's a lie out of hell well you don't want to get too blessed because you know you'll backslide somebody says that to you slap them seven times (laughs) number six it is the will of God that you be abundantly supplied tell your neighbor it is the will of God God. that you be abundantly supplied tell the neighbor on the other side it is the will of God that you be abundantly supplied. Verse 11, you will be made rich. Again, that means amply supplied or having more than you need. You will be made rich in every way. So we're not just talking about money. We're talking about your marriage, your home, your family, your children, your body, your health. Say it out loud. Thank you, Father God, Thank you Father God. for making me rich in every way. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. My father-in-law said to me once, he said, you know, he said, "I, I don't understand what you teach, but I see that it works. And men who become wealthy without God have a hard time coming to God. Because in their minds, they did it. And it's just a big gulf to cross to acknowledge God as their source and to acknowledge God did this. I might have had a part to play, but God did this. They, they have trouble doing that. My father-in-law gave his life to Christ it was the night he died. He died early the next morning. Sue led him in the sinner's prayer. Sue and her sister led him in the sinner's prayer the night he died. So he's, he's with the Lord, but he has no reward whatsoever. But beats hell. <laughs> See, we not only determine the size of our harvest, in this life we determine the size of our harvest in the next life Jesus taught this store up for yourselves treasures in heaven now we've never been abusive here at Faith Christian Center we never have we've never emphasized that to the point of people neglecting their children neglecting their homes neglecting their families because I personally believe you can have it all I believe you can be a doer of the word and have it all. Amen. Amen. But the reality is that God's people have not seen this, that God wants to increase their store of seed, but also God wants to enlarge the harvest of their righteousness. Now, take that back to Matthew 6, where Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It just makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Because if you will work God's plan financially and you make more, you give more, you make more, you give more, you make more, you give more over time, you have more and more and more and more heart in the kingdom of God. Doesn't that make sense? You got too much invested to walk off. I said you end up with too much invested to walk off. It's the will of God. Number six, that you be amply supplied. Look at 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. And John ten ten, Jesus said, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Not less abundantly, more abundantly. But that's not what the church has been selling. The church has been selling, come join us, And be the butt end of the world. And it's a shocker, isn't it? That people didn't join up by the millions. Number seven, people around the world will rise up and thank God for your generosity and for your prosperity. Number seven, <coughs> people will, around the world will rise up and thank God for your generosity and your prosperity. Verse 12, 2 Corinthians nine twelve. this service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of the service by which you have proved yourselves. Men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else, and in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be unto God for his indescribable gift. And something you don't hear about, except maybe rarely, is the damage these lockdowns have done around the world. I remember David Yonggi Cho used to say, he was talking about that point in his life when he was on the brink of suicide he was building the church on yoido island in seoul korea and he was simultaneously building apartments for senior citizens and uh, the united states was in a recession and he used to say this when the economy of the united states catches a cold the economy of the rest of the world gets pneumonia And the construction had stopped. The steel was rusting. He had sold his house. He and his wife and their children were living in an unfinished apartment in the apartment building for senior citizens on the church property. They didn't even have the glass in. It was wintertime. They were freezing to death. He walked out on the patio, and he was going to commit suicide. And he prayed a prayer. And he said, Lord, he said, I've come to the end. I've done all I know to do. But he said, I'm going to kill myself but I hope you won't hold it to account against me and I hope you won't send me to hell. He climbed up on the ledge and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, not only will I send you to hell, you'll take tens of thousands with you because they believed in you. A few days later, there was a prayer meeting and it was... I don't know how many people were there, but there was an old woman, old, old woman. She had nothing. All she had all she had, was a rice bowl and a pair of chopsticks. And she said to the crowd there, businessman crowd there, we need to help our pastor. Look, he's in trouble. We need to help our pastor. Nobody said a word. She took that old rice bowl and those chopsticks and she says, Pastor, I know it's not much, but it's all I have in the entire world. And I don't know how much you can get for them, but I want to help you, pastor. And she gave him her rice bowl and her chopsticks. And there were wealthy men at that prayer meeting. And when they saw the generosity of that old woman, one by one, they began to say, I'll sell my house and give the money. I'll sell my house and give the money. I'll sell my house and give the money. And they built that building. It stands there today. see people want God to be all in with them but they're not all in with God you have no idea how proud I am of you I mean the world out there they're losing their minds and look at us we're not obeying anything (laughs) and nobody's sick Yeah, but you know, have you been tested? I was tested and found positive for the Holy Ghost. These are some strange days. And God, you've come this far. What have you got to lose? God wants to show out. Do you understand what God does for the church? God wants to do for you. What would it be like if I could stand here one Sunday and I could say, how many of you all still owe money on your house and nobody raised a hand? Imagine a Sunday where I could say, how many of you still owe money on your house And nobody raised their hand, and then we did a missions offering for Tiff Shuttlesworth to go do a crusade somewhere. There's no telling how much money would come in. See, we have allowed the world to tie us up and tie us down with the system that they have. And this new medical fascism is just the latest thing they're rolling out to control people. Second Chronicles twenty twenty says, Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful.
0: Thank you for listening to this life changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, you walk by faith, not by sight.